0: Welcome to Opposable Thumbs. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Marathon is our challenge this episode. Thanks to our previous guest, Antonio Garcia, for that challenge. Uh We have no guests this episode due to a scheduling life conflict snafu thing. Uh, So Taylor and I are jumping into the challenge uh, together, which is something we've never done before on the show. Uh, my name is Rob Ray. I use the he, his gender pronoun. I'm a designer by day and an artist by night and make music and objects uh, under the name Shimmering Trash Pile.
1: And I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist, educator, DIY enthusiast, CAD CAM evangelist, noted tall person, Midwestern Viking, and I'm a he,
0: his kind of guy. So, so marathoners are challenge. Our guest had to uh, reschedule for later in the winter, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, life happens. One of the the challenges for this podcast for us is it's very hard to find another guest quickly because the clock is already running on the challenge. So we decided let's do our own marathon challenge and let's do it together. You and I have had a number of conversations uh, just personally via text message and also on the podcast about the problems of being a creative person. Who documents their work and has an active media arts component in their lives no matter Mm -hmm. what they do and how that tends to fill up hard drives (laughs) yes so I maybe we should both articulate what we currently do which could be a a good way to kind of set the stage sure you go first okay so I have a couple of different computers and um, I have a a twenty. 13 macbook pro i have a 2014 macbook pro and then i have a work computer so currently i have done the thing that i think a lot of people do i have um i have a backup and i use time machine for my backup A backup right is really just a way to be like oh in case my like hard drive in my laptop crashes i have the data stored somewhere else Uh um that actually has become less significant to me because i do use things like dropbox etc for um a lot of my files, not just for file sharing. uh, But you know, there we go. Uh, Not a lot of people do that some people do. And then um, I have what I call my archive and my archive is things that I don't need on my laptop uh, and take up a lot of space. And they're not touched very often. But when I'm done with a project, I move it into the archives folder. So I have that media handy. And currently, I'm at about four and a half terabytes of that stuff. And that that is a a set of three USB drives. All three of those drives are five terabytes. And I copy that project into those three drives all at the same time, which is a hassle, but gives me three places in case one or two of those die or I knock one off the desk, which I've done before.
1: But they're all physically occupying the same space.
0: That's right, yeah. And they're all plugged in the same USB hub, so I just kind of like... Oh, naughty, naughty. I know. I just (laughs) just mount all three. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we should talk about that. I mount all three... Sometimes I copy into one, and then I use a tool called R-Sync, R-S-Y-N-C, to duplicate them across. And sometimes I just do it manually. Mm-hmm. That's me.
1: Yeah, so I've got, um, I kind of had a similar setup. And then at some point I built an HTPC, you know, sort of a media center for my um, my television. I, st- I still have a television that's quasi-pre-smart television, although I should replace it at some mm-hmm. point. But um, So I had a PC connected to that. I can play games on, has a nice graphics card, and then it has two really large-scale hard drives that would just sort of mirror to each other. And then I was starting to feel like that wasn't very secure, because the the whole thing, of course, is that if you just have it backed up, like if you get it off your computer, and then it's on a new drive, and you delete it from the old drive, it's not backed up, right? It's just sitting there ready to evaporate. So um, (laughs) so then I got a QNAP uh network attached storage so that's a little two hard drive it's it's like a chunky external hard drive but it's like its own mm-hmm. little computer mm-hmm. and then that one has a bunch of it's got its own operating system little apps and stuff so you can um you can set it up as a raid array and i'll have to double check i believe it's raid 1 is the type where it's just mirroring two drives so if you have right. two yep. 2 terabyte drives then the drive will show up as having a capacity of only two because two of those are just being used for the mirroring. Um, and there's other fancy ways to do it where you stripe data across yep. a variety of drives and so forth. And if you're really fancy, you know, you have like 12 drive bays. And if a hard drive goes down, you can just hot swap it out, just like yank it and put a new one in. And then the right. data is distributed enough that it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, but for a non-enterprise scale like me, I was doing some like that. However, I have not been super excited about QNAP. It's just kind of a... Some of it's a pain in the butt to use. Um, I think its uh, its origin is China, if I'm not mistaken. So some of the tutorials are a little difficult to understand.
0: Mm-hmm. And QNAP is a manufacturer, right? Is that right? That's-
1: yes, but I think they also supply and support the operating uh-huh. system. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's a bunch of bells and whistles you can get. You can run your own VPN through it, right? So if I'm at the coffee shop, I can call into my VPN on the QNAP, which is at home. And that wouldn't, you know, mask my traffic from my ISP, but it would allow me to do banking or whatever from the coffee shop. And then um, you can get into other kinds of stuff too, like whether or not you want to um, communicate with that drive from afar. So it could effectively act like its own personal Dropbox, but, you know, with a four terabyte cap as opposed to a, you know, 50 gigabyte cap or whatever.
0: Yep. So just um, one thing maybe we should tease apart is that's a, what they call a NAS system, right? Network attached storage uh-huh. versus what I have is just a USB drive. Right. And I was, I, I still haven't, I've been doing some researching on that on NAS and we'll talk about that. But I was curious, how do you get data onto the NAS? Because the NAS is a sort of its own computer, right? Attached uh-huh. to your network.
1: Yeah. So there's a couple ways to do it. I mean, generally, no matter how good your network is, the best way to do it is to just you know, plug directly in, make a wired connection ah, to the uh-huh. little computer. Usually they run headless,
0: so... By plugged in, you mean through, a like, a Ethernet network cable? Yeah, like an
1: Ethernet ne- yeah, and okay. And you can just take your computer and plug it directly into a NAS box uh, via Ethernet cable or, you know, a wired um, setup in your house or whatever. It just depends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so usually there's a web interface. So on the computer where the data is originally stored, like a laptop you would you know, mm-hmm. write in and sign in. Um, oh, I should also add in terms of security features, there's some good stuff too, like depending on which ports you're going to have open so that you can access it, you want to really make sure to ban people that make repeated attempts to log in and fail. Okay. Um, and if you mm-hmm. look at the logs on these things, you'll just see people from China and Russia just spamming your thing all night long. <laughs> wow. Because yeah. you,
0: so your NAS system is publicly available
1: I mean, kind of, it's, it's just Uh an IP address, but the, um, you know, people, I think will just scan and scan and scan looking for stuff that's floating out there and then just make, make a go at it with, you know, password lists and things like that. Um, but they, I think it's pretty universal that they've got these systems where you just say, you know, after every failed attempt, you make them wait a minute or whatever, like after the first five attempts and then it's just not computationally feasible to get it done at that
0: point. Yeah. There's a name for that. Uh, where you make the login box wait to show up, and that like really slows it down. Yeah, oh, there's a name for that. Yeah, uh, fail to ban or Oh, uh, like uh, what's yeah. There's a quick sanding or something. I don't know. There's a name oh, for it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so you have an so 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 you a couple of days ago you were like, well, what? Maybe we should talk about backups as a part of the marathon challenge, and maybe we should. Um, we'll look into uh, changing our setups as our own personal challenge for mm-hmm. Marathon. So I've been doing some researching into a NAS setup, uh, and I'm learning, I'm learning quite a bit. And I was curious if you had, uh, and I can dive into that, or if you have anything you wanted to talk about on your own research, we could do that as well.
1: I like the idea of building one because I like building computers, and um, my NAS box is really loud. Um, Ah, So there's no, I I have to have it in the basement and then I don't Uh have an Ethernet drop down there. And it's just, so it's long and convoluted. And then sometimes time machine gets freaked out when like I update the OS or something like that. And I need to have it plugged in, uh, have a wired plug in for a couple of days. And um, so there's just a number of reasons why I need to move this up into my living space and make it easier to live with. Uh Um, uh And I just, yeah, I like, you know, I, I only have one. I also might take the QNAP that I've got and move it to my office, assuming that the um, IT hasn't locked it down too much, and then oh, I could have right. an offsite backup as well um, yeah. that's sitting right. around. Yeah, so those are my uh, reasons.
0: One of the things that's been interesting is I've been looking into NAS, and I've now been questioning whether NAS is the right solution for me mm-hmm. um, for a couple of reasons. So it's been about six years or more since I've thought about building a computer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the world changes, <laughs> it changes quickly. So I've been having to really dive into um, just computer-building terminology, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like there's uh, ATX, micro ATX, and mini ITX as, like, motherboard sizes.
1: Well, that's been around for a long time.
0: Yeah, that's how long it's been since I've had to think about it. When I stopped building computers, everybody was trying to build the biggest computer possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and And now... People are building smaller computer like like there's been an interest in building smaller computers um which has given this micro a t x and mini i t x sizes kind of life you know mm-hmm. uh, let me send you this spreadsheet, okay, got it cool, and there should be you should see a link on the top of that which should take you to a Google doc, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. and that should let you in cool, so I won't go into super detail, but the thing I've learned is essentially. Mini ITX is little little, micro ATX is kind of the middle size and ATX is the regular old uh-huh. big size. Sure. And it seems like micro ATX is the most popular for a, a network attached storage type solution because it's not huge and you don't need a bunch of slots uh-huh. because you're building a computer that's for, kind of very specifically about data storage, not about gaming or something like that. And Mini-ITX, even though it's smaller, can be a little bit more expensive because it's such a specialty device. It mm-hmm. doesn't sort of, they don't move as many units as in Mini-ITX. micro ATX seems to be kind of common. QNAP is different though, right? I assume it's like probably its own proprietary board or something on the inside.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've never opened it up, but it's it's yeah. pretty small. It's yeah. pretty, pretty tiny. Yeah.
0: So building your own NAS, right? It's like you install an operating system and then you configure it how you want it. Uh I assume with QNAP, is it some sort of a web interface that you configure it through?
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of, it winds up looking like a little desktop. Um, Uh You can't uh really drag things around, but there's icons that are like that. But so you can download apps from its little sandboxed um, app store. Right. And do it that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. So Taylor, you had been thinking about building your own NAS from some components Uh or sort of reconfiguring your, your setup currently. I, don't really have anything that's reusable with uh of significance i have like a, a tiny ssd drive that i might be able to reuse but that's about it mm-hmm. um so i started doing some pricing uh and was a little bit shocked <laughs> <laughs> about how much building your own can cost you
1: i think your prices are off man are you saying are that the, the motherboard is
0: 550 dollars the it's the board and the, and the processor
1: okay That's closer, but I I still think that's probably way too high.
0: Where I started from, actually, is the case, because I was like, well, I need to think about how many drive bays I have in my case. Uh And I decided that I wanted four, and I may change my mind. The reason I wanted four is because I was going to start with two drives, and then that would give me expandability to four drives Uh later on. Supermicro seems to be this manufacturer that offers lots of of this smaller micro ATX and mini ITX sizes, and their case is more expensive than I thought it would be. It's 185 bucks roughly mm-hmm. uh, for, for a case that supports four drive bays and and a mini ITX board plus the power supply and stuff. The reason I mention that is the motherboard is also made by Supermicro and Taylor was shocked and I was as well that it's 550 bucks essentially. And then there's drives themselves and I, I dove into all of that stuff which has been really interesting. There's this this sort of bog standard seems to be the western digital red drives taylor are you familiar at all with Mm -hmm. this yep i couldn't believe it but it makes sense they're 5400 rpm like spinning metal drives which i thought had just been relegated to the dustbin at this point Mm -hmm. um but because of the network right i assume is your is your bottleneck you can run this 5400 rpm drive um
1: what is 55 centi slow to you yes
0: 7200 would be was like the standard as of you know, 10 years ago
1: or something. Mm, okay.
0: Which is interesting, but the power consumption is more, right? Because you're you're running more. And I, I I assume there's probably some other differences why a 5400 RPM drive might be a better NAS solution. Well, often they'll have hard
1: drives, uh, I'm sorry, uh, listed as NAS hard drives specifically. Right. So presumably it's stuff that works, but yeah.
0: I was reading they have like helium or some kind of gas injected on the inside. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why that is, um, but they're not cheap. I mean, they're six terabytes each, is what I was looking at. Or, yeah. uh, actually, the ones I was looking at were eight terabytes each. They're two hundred thirty-seven bucks a piece. So I don't think you need this,
1: six terabytes, do you?
0: Well, I have. I'm at almost at five right now. Oh, well, that's true. Right. So, and if I do redundancy, then I have to get at least two, so I can, because to have your data in one place isn't really having it mm-hmm. anywhere at all. Right? Yep. So, so then I was like, okay, that's five hundred dollars in drives out the gate. Yep. So then I was looking at, this is an interesting phenomenon. Taylor, have you heard this word shucking before? No. I mean, unless you're talking corn, yeah. Yeah. So so shucking is these companies sell external drives in cases, plastic cases, Mm -hmm. and they sell them for less than the drive by itself. Okay. So shucking is this term where you buy a drive in its external case, pop it out of the case and throw the case away.
1: Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) I had not come across that
0: but of course because it's you know uh the this like the relationship between consumer and accountant at large corporation what they decided they would do is they internally um alter these drives so shucking is less uh enticing and okay. i think what it is is if you have certain pins plugged in uh certain capabilities are turned off Go ahead. or if you don't actually i know I, what it is is if you have I think if you don't have certain pins plugged in, certain functionalities are turned off. So now there's this board you can use where you can fake it. So like it, it the drives think they have this specific pin lit up. Yeah. So anyway, um, long story. The cat long, mouse. Yeah. That's right. It's a cat and mouse game between these manufacturers and people who are looking for the cheapest drives they can get. But it is I mean, in some cases, Shucks drives are thirty percent less than buying. Crazy. And yeah, an external drive on it, uh, like a, a non-external drive, just a drive, and it's. In it's box. So uh, that's been an interesting pursuit. I haven't dug into the depressing differences there. So all told, I'm at f- almost $1,500 for a machine for like a, I have nothing and I want to end up with a build my own NAS solution. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And Taylor, uh, without being too specific about how much you paid for yours, how much roughly less is was your solution or was it about the same?
1: Uh, you know, it's been a while. So I'd have yeah. to, I think it was like the QNAP TS... Two to eight, something like uh-huh, that, uh-huh, and uh-huh. it looks like something in that category is probably under five hundred bucks, but yep. th- but that's without the drives though, so yeah, but you know uh, it's got its problems, and um yep. also, I really like building the machine, but so you you're, know, you're starting yeah, to lean away yeah. from it because I think you can well, get your he, price down by at least thirty three percent
0: so i'm I'm on the fence, I do. Think it would be really interesting to build one this is my first build spec so mm-hmm. I, I have a spreadsheet with all the stuff in here so i'm going to try to figure out also like what corners can i cut the case is significantly expensive so maybe i could get that down yeah for the sure board, like you said feels expensive so maybe i can get that down i mean
1: um, i mean i'm just looking on online quickly at some mm-hmm, at a mm-hmm. 2018 build yeah. and here they've got a motherboard that's bigger that's 150 bucks uh-huh, and then uh-huh. they're suggesting two processors, one sixty-five and one's one hundred and twenty, and that was last year.
0: Uh-huh. You know, yep. so
1: I think, yep. yeah, I I think that you can get the cost down, maybe even to fifty percent of what you have got.
0: Yeah, I hope, so. I hope so. Taylor, do you have any thoughts about where you might, how you might navigate through the challenge?
1: Yeah, I need to I need to look at um. I I built a little uh, Linux box to run a CNC machine uh, with turbo uh, not Turbo CNC uh, EMC two that I just really haven't been using. And I was thinking about switching that over to being effectively. AM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not as worried about uh, front access of the of the actual drives because yep. I would probably just run each of them for two years and then swap them out and, like, yep. this isn't a production
0: environment. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um,
1: yeah, and I think, you know, ultra high speed is also not my priority. I just want something that I I can really understand how it's functioning so I can... Yeah, uh, maintain it well. And I feel like the QNAP stuff is not quite as turnkey as I would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I also like, you know, supporting the open source projects and getting involved and figuring out how they operate and, and so on. So um, yeah, I'm curious to see how much stuff I currently have. But you know, the, the other thing to think too, is if you're really doing it right, a lot of people will say that you should be replacing those hard drives, you know, the, the literal right. drives, I think every two right. years um, right. before they start crapping out on you. So I think my QNAP is the drives at least are probably end of life, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I don't want to have any, any accidents. So maybe I can take that, you know, if I'm going to be spending money on the drives anyway. Um, yep. it's not like looking at this thing is something that, um, you invest in and you don't have to invest in again is, is, um, not entirely the, the full story.
0: Yep. Yep. yeah, Totally. Makes sense.
1: Oh, Rob, I think you got some thinking to do, in terms yes. of whether this fits into your um, your way forward. I I mean, I I definitely am trying to evolve my my whole media life all of the Same. time. I mean, Same. I just redid yeah. my website um, so yep. that I can be a better candidate for opportunities. And then I need to figure out what to do with four billion child pictures and like how they're going to be tagged yes. and stored. Yep. And then I have because the i because iTunes is such a pain in the butt. You know, yep. I'm constantly downloading pictures to my computer, but not necessarily deleting them off the phone. Yep. So I'm also going to have to figure out all of the duplicate and triplicate. And,
0: uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's an ongoing thing to me, but, but I bet, I bet that we can, if you can share out that, um, and it looks like you already have it, but if you can make me an editor on the Google spreadsheet, oh, yeah. I can yeah, get totally. in there and, and I, I bet we could drive that price way down.
0: Taylor, thanks so much for instigating this challenge. Sure. I think it's definitely interesting. It like affects every creative person's life. Like how do I keep all these versions of my things that I've done? So
1: Yes, the opposable thumbs backup solution.
0: So this is our first conversation. It's just a few days after the challenge started. We're gonna check back in a couple more times probably as we go. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things I was gonna look at too is like, you know, the the other proposed solution here, right, is just cloud backup. Like just move all your stuff to someone else's machine over the internet. And like, what does that cost, and how does that look? So, oh, it's so I'll confusing. I'll look, I'll look if you too. get into the uh, yeah.
1: Amazon, like Glacier yep. and Snowball, and all this bullshit, yep. and it's like, yep. you know, it costs point oh 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 one cent per kilobyte yep. to access. Yep. But then, if you have a different yep. bucket, it takes longer. And oh god, I I tried, and yeah. I just
0: could not do it. Yeah, it's insane. And like, and like, storing your data isn't the expensive thing. It's like fetching, putting it up there, and fetching it back is right. the expensive yep. thing. So. It gets into like not how many terabytes you have, but how many do you want to access over the month? Yeah.
1: yeah I, I feel like it's impossible as an individual to understand yeah. um, how much it will cost. So I stayed away. Yep. That was my experience yep. though.
0: All right. Well, we'll check back in. Taylor, thanks so much for your help. I've been learning a ton and uh, we'll see. we'll see what we end up with. Now, recording.
1: Cool. I told you, right, that when I was in uh, uh, Minnesota, someone called me a FIP, a fucking Illinois person.
0: Oh my God, a FIP. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How did they know? How did they. He was was
1: IDing me for uh, beer. I thought I told this story in the podcast previously. but Called me if. Well, we we came in. It was like a blue law thing. So we came in three seconds before they were going to close that side of the grocery store and he looked at my ID and he said oh you're a FIP and I said oh you know oh, what's that and then he just wouldn't make eye contact and rung me up and then I looked it up on Urban Dictionary and said hey wait a wait a second <laughs>
0: wow but
1: apparently it was like people from Chicago who are too mm-hmm, big for mm-hmm. their britches like going into rural parts of the country oh uh, yeah and yeah. you know like wearing their brand new car hearts, which actually I was doing at that, mm-hmm. at that point in time <laughs>
0: FIP so yeah right. This is this is our second conversation, mm-hmm. and we had decided plans
1: within plans
0: that we were going to both pursue, kind of data safety, mm-hmm. because it's as a creative person, your hard drives crashing haunt you your entire life.
1: <laughs> this this process is making me so paranoid.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a gun. Like people who get into like gun ownership as mm-hmm. a form of self protection. That like it feeds on itself because like the more you look into it, the more paranoid you get,
1: yeah, yeah, I need a gun to protect my guns,
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh man, do you want to, do you wanna update folks where you're at, and then i can I can update folks on where I'm at
1: uh, where I'm at, so um, I think, so I had set up this uh, network attached storage with two drives a couple of years ago, Yes. and then I'd been syncing it online. Um, and then the online service stopped working and I just kind of said, oh, forget it. And then stopped worrying about it. And, and I think what I'm violating, I'm now coming to understand is the three, two, one rule, which I'm, I'll bet you've encountered.
0: It sort of runs my life, but I'll let you describe what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so three, two, one, let me see if I can get a good, uh, example here. So at least three copies of your data, <laughs> at least, in at least two different machines with at least one off-site copy. Yes. Which could be um, physically located somewhere else, like on some other server or something like that. Yep. Uh So I, I had that kind of going, but um, I'm realizing now that I'm looking back on it, that actually now that I don't have that, and I've also not migrated everything over to my NAS box in the first place, I'm actually pretty woefully... Um, unbacked up or, or rather unredundant at the moment uh, uh-huh, uh, which uh-huh. effectively means I'm not backed up at all so um, so this is something I need to uh, kick back into gear but then we were trying to decide how much stuff to make right so part of what I'm doing right mm-hmm. now is figuring out if I'm actually going to buy anything or if this is more about um, putting together which might be a little boring for radio um, just a, like a system by which I'm, I'm having better, uh, better data and backup health Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll talk about what you're doing. So you're you're taking a more active approach in buying hardware and stuff because I'm a little bit ahead of you in that game.
0: You and I have sent a number of text messages and stuff back and forth. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing is like, it's all consuming. You know, there's just so many options. Yep. There's so many configurations. There's so sure. many vendors. There's so many ways you could do it yourself. There's so many opinions about all the vendors and the ways you could do it yourself. Like, it's really bonkers. Yep. So I decided one one important thing for me which was i really only have one laptop that i need to back up i have another laptop but it's like what i use to just do basic tasks on and pretty much even if i was working on something and the drive died immediately right there like it wouldn't be that big of a deal so i decided what i really need is not a nas and i have like um i don't have like a streaming need or anything like that that mm-hmm. a nas might provide or a vpn so i was like i'm just going to start with bettering my current setup which is right now i have three separate discs all the same size every couple weeks i copy the files from my hard drive my like my working laptop drive over to those three discs and i just do it like copy paste 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 you know like how do you do
1: versioning control that's the thing i'm trying to figure out
0: often what i'll do like say i have a project that i want to re-edit the video on which is something that came up for me recently i pulled that video file off my raid like the folder let's call it um you know, like a aposable like thumbs, number one, like say I wanted to re-edit that podcast, mm-hmm. I would just take that folder off, off my backup, edit it, and then just copyright over the old versions on the three Okay. when I was done. So mm-hmm. I just kind of overwrite it. It's kind of a one-way copy. Sure. Um, which could get dicey, because I have done stupid things in the past where, like, I'm just going to copy to to OneDrive, and then I'll copy to the other two later, you know, if I'm in yep, a hurry or something. Yep. And then that bites me in the butt, because if you forget about it or something, you're in trouble. So I've had to deal with that, but... So what I decided I would do is I would get an eighty-dollar two-bay uh, hard drive enclosure that will hold two hard drives, either right. the the two and a half inch ones, like the little ones, or the three and a half inch ones with the classic, old school, big ones. And so I got that, and I got the Media Sonic Pro RAID USB 3.1 10 gigahertz two-bay. inch and 3.5 inch SATA hard drive enclosure dash usb 3.1 gen (laughs) to 10 gigabits (laughs) like you know the the amazon description of the Mm -hmm. thing is like Mm -hmm. the world's longest thing that was half the description that's on amazon but um so by mediasonic it's moderately well reviewed um the mediasonic i think is known for like the cheaper raid alternatives and stuff and some of them are seem like they're pretty crappy and some of them pretty good anyway so i have three five terabyte drives and so what I decided I would do, and I'm going to run out of space in that, on that 5 terabytes soon. But I decided for now what I would do is I would take two of those 5 terabyte drives, pop them out of their aluminum enclosures, which I did, and put those two 5 terabyte drives into this box. It's just a plastic box. It's the size of um, like a couple hardback books. You know, it's mm-hmm. not that big. And uh, pop them in there. And then what's nice about that, right, is then the drive just shows up as a single five terabyte drive, even though there's two of them. And it copies for me to the two drives, right? So Great. if I if I copy onto it, I name that drive Abracadabra <laughs> because it's, it still feels like magic. Um, so now if I copy those files over to Abracadabra, I know it's going to go to two drives automatically. Mm-hmm. Now there is, right, like there is the thing where people say like well if your raid controller gets weird or you have bad memory in your laptop or something it's going to copy bad data to both of those drives which Mm -hmm. is is true uh but i'm deciding to take that risk for now and then i have my other five terabyte standalone drive of the three i originally had is my backup is you know is my backup of that and i'm not doing any kind of automation on that but i'm going to so where i'm at right now is abracadabra is up and running i got the drives in it took 18 hours to copy the data yep from my other drives over to this new drive and I was paranoid the whole time like my laptop was gonna fall asleep or do something weird and then I'd have to start the 18 hours over again but it finally just finished last night at like midnight the my next step is this raid box and I'll will link to it in show notes has universally poor feedback on the fan
1: yeah I see that right here <laughs>
0: and so I I aspire to swap the fan out and also it couldn't be a more boring looking box it's like the most boring piece of square black plastic ever so i'm, I'm i've decided to but it does have some pretty cool purple leds on the front so i've decided to accessorize my box in in a abracadabra style Bedazzle desolate it's, it's still yes because it still feels like magic cool yeah so that's that's what i hope where i hope i'm going with this also though i am keeping everything on the drive because, you know, I haven't done a thing which I should do, which is like pull some files off that drive and see if they open.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. the the other stuff I can add at the moment uh includes offline uh or rather oh. offsite backup. Yes. So, yep, I was important. looking at um Backblaze, which is um yep. reviewed pretty well by a bunch of people. However, yep. um one of the problems with Backblaze is that it's really inexpensive and supposedly unlimited version, and of oh. course they're never unlimited. But the unlimited uh, uh, one, I think, yep. wants to be a computer, and then if it if it notices that you're uploading um, from a a NAS drive, it'll actually charge you differently. Um, oh my gosh! Wow! And more expensively. Now, now yeah. something like the the QNAP that I've got, you know, it's its own little operating system, so there's no way to cheat unless I like offloaded all the data onto some other drive Ooh, and then yeah. uploaded yep. that, but that would kind of, you know, defeat the purpose. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people were reviewing backblaze really well. Um, and then the other things I was looking at, I can post this. There was a, a particular post on uh, QNAP on Reddit. I know you were looking at the subreddit oh, uh-huh. uh,
0: data hoarders. Data hoarders. Uh, what a great subreddit name even, it's, but I, it's, it's, it's it's a nice subreddit too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that's, those uh, words don't often happen together. No, no. (laughs) Um, But I found a really nice article about how RAID is not backup, of course, but then it, instead of people just um, yelling that at you, it really goes and describes why that's the case.
0: Yeah. That's nice. I don't have an offsite backup to your point and that's a a really good idea.
1: I mean, that's something to think about, but I I think as long as you have, you know, I'd recommend taking at least something to the office
0: yep um oh that's a great idea yeah yeah i could just leave it you know in a external drive bay just like throw it in my i have a little storage locker at work so i could just throw it in my locker
1: i mean you could keep it there so in case your house burns down yeah exactly Um, yeah what i'd like to try is to get my qnap drive at work just working through the um running um, yeah just running all the time I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's something that I'm thinking about. Although I am finding that time machine does not really love working over the um, over the network. Oh, I, I kind of need to plug in directly. to get Interesting. To work. Uh, yeah. So mm. I, I can post that stuff. And um, what else was I Oh, I was also looking at, you know, you do all this work, but have you got either a high quality surge protector or an uninterrupt- uh. uninterruptible power supply?
0: I have a UPS uh, well that I bookmarked. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's kind of one of the smaller ones. Right. And here is an interesting ish problem. Uh, so with a NAS, you can like essentially plug the UPS like through a USB port, I think, right, from the UPS to the NAS, and it will like power down through the USB port. Um. Oh, really?
1: Like, as in yeah, it will do a graceful shutdown. That's right, yeah. I was yeah. wondering about that because I thought, well, why does it matter if it stays on for an extra half right. an hour if it just goes out anyway?
0: Right, right. Oh, I think when it gets to, to a certain percentage, it will yeah, it will it will power down. Um, the problem, though, with my solution is it there's nothing to power down. I guess it could power down my laptop, which would then also power down the drives, which would be good, but I don't even know if that's feasible from the UPS. It could be. I don't know. Um, oh, this is yeah. cool. Especially living in California where now power outages are a part of the service that pg and e provides to yep. me <laughs> that i pay that's for right. i guess i should uh really invest
1: you're living in the future man i am oh that's really cool that there's an automated shutdown like that i mean that's I know, that's right? the kind that's of neat. thing where i was thinking well why even bother to get yeah. a ups but there you go
0: yeah it's pretty cool cool but well, taylor um should we meet up again i think we should
1: let's um yeah i think that we should post um sort of combine our research together into maybe a little document that we could put on GitHub or something like that. And then we can invite people to play around with it. Cool.
0: So, Taylor, this is our third session, our third session of commiserating about marathon and our data marathon. What have we done? We've investigated lots of things. I put together a small rate array, and now Taylor, I have promptly lost data. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you texted me that,
1: it's like too, too perfect in a way. Yeah. So so
0: it's it's lost, lost. Well, here's a quick summary of what happened. I mm-hmm. was, I had recorded some video of putting my RAID array together. Oh, I'll, uh, while we're talking, I'll, I'll send you over a little image of my Adobe Premiere session with all the files missing. So, um, (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm going to do some extracts of screenshots to uh, send Taylor for the website. So people can see me putting my rate array together. I was pretty proud of myself that it worked out. And so Premiere has this slightly weird thing where there's like a weird bug or something I'm doing where you import one file and then you go to the import the next one and the sound file doesn't come through it's just like video only so you have to close out premiere reopen it and pull it in and i had like 10 of these i had to do because i had short clips of stuff mm-hmm. and then i started doing that and i drug one in in so the mac makes sounds you know for various things like you've copied a file over and it goes like bling or it does ksh. whatever yeah. yeah do the it made it a weird sound that i was like huh it's one I'd heard before, but I I can never place like what it is telling me. Sure. And then I was like, wait, all of my files in my Premiere session just disappeared. Like they just went red.
1: <laughs> well, well.
0: And I was like, what, what, what just happened? Like I, sometimes you'll do like a weird mouse thing and like your files or folder will like move up a folder or something because uh-huh. you accidentally dragged and dropped it. So I'm right. like, well, no problem. I'll just search one of the file names. It'll come right up and then I'll be on my way. And then I was like, Hmm, nothing. It's not showing up. <laughs> And I was like, oh, maybe I mistyped the file. You know, you do the thing where you're just like, oh, man, oh, must be some simple explanation for this. And Taylor, I have no idea where the data went. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. What should I have been doing all this time? I should have been doing Time Machine, which would have backed up this, been backing up this data already, right? Except that I had pulled all my USB drives out of my thing because I was putting my RAID array together.
1: <laughs>
0: but, you know, silver lining, I will be adding to our GitHub anything I discover about file recovery software because I've been hey. looking into that, <laughs> and it's part of it, right? Sometimes data goes away. So, well, it, it's not, I don't know, man.
1: I I still think that you have. Did, did you get a chance to do Spotlight and then search via date created and stuff like that?
0: I didn't do date created. I just did the file name. So I will definitely do date created.
1: Uh, I think there's still a possibility. I've I've found that Mac uh, search functions are not as um, intuitive as I would like. Right, right. Okay, this is really going on in a limb. Okay, what if great, you great, accidentally yeah. renamed the folder with a period,
0: and now it's a hidden oh, folder? That I mean, sure. That that's actually a great thing to check on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah anything. I'm gonna see what I can do. So you um, can.
1: There's some pretty easy ways, I think, just to view the actual contents of a directory including all the hidden files that would be yeah
0: like in the terminal or something i'm sure i could do like a show like a ls dash something 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 to see everything that's a great idea i did md find which is um maybe there's md find is like a command line version of spotlight it's like what spotlight i think runs on top of you know oh, interesting and so i bet there's also like a hidden file switch i could add to md find the md find I, command i'm looking
1: it up right now let's see here com dot apple dot apple show all files yes aha uh-huh. um i'm gonna send that over to you right real quick i mean you could probably find it just like i could but yeah i want to yeah want to hear an update on that
0: yeah if so um folks listening to the podcast if there's if there's documentation on the projects dot opposable thumbs dot com website you know then that i <laughs> recovered my files Yeah. <laughs> otherwise I i didn't so yeah so we'll see cool yeah
1: yeah, the only other thing I have to add is um, I was kind of going around and around about changing my hardware setup, but I think I've got a lot of things in place, and now I'm just going to uh, wait yeah. till Thanksgiving to buy new hard drives for when the
0: nice. uh, Black Monday deals happen. Definitely got to be sales, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: so one of the big things that I'm trying to get into now is to establish for myself a practice of um, doing um, data management on a regular basis, you know, a couple times a week. Right, and then to leave myself notes and to let me know, you know, this is the primary data, and then this is the place where I'm um, making copies of it, so that if I ever sit down and ask what's the most current one, I should have a system that tells me, you know, Ooh. definitely. Yeah. Um. And and so right now it's going to be I'm going to try to house all of the sort of um the primary backup on the network attached storage because I can also reach that um, from outside the house. I can tunnel into it. Wow. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm going to yeah. move it you know, move copies of that over periodically back onto the PC, which is right. in a different part of the house. That's great. Um, and then may even go so far as to do a backup to an external drive driver's. Yes, like that as I well. know. I
0: know. Now I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'm really paranoid now. But clearly the
1: thing that you were doing didn't have to do with your new backup solution, right? It no. was just some kind of weird fat finger. Except right. that, except that I had
0: unplugged my my regular right. time machine. Time machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I normally just let run because you know why not? And mm-hmm. of course I unplugged it. Oh my god! Oh, so our our, our GitHub repo. So um, Taylor, mm-hmm. you've you've added some things, and I I am going to as well. Excellent. It's a thing I plan on doing uh, on the plane. I have a plane ride on Thursday, so do GitHub something. repos on an mnf and plane. Yeah, it's like snakes on a plane, but uh, commits on a plane. I don't know. So our GitHub URL is uh, github.com dot slash my name Rob, my username Rob Dead Tech. Slash giant piles of data
1: <laughs> with little dashes in between, yeah. yeah good, right in yeah. So, and, and people can certainly, um, if they have any ideas about just a nice, solid, um, sort of personal backup, um, philosophy, you could yes. just issue us a, a push request, that's right. Yep, and we'll stick it in there.
0: Yep, indeed, we will. Mm-hmm. You can find Hopefully, maybe, if, if I have any photos, photos of our finished projects over at our project site, projects.opposablepodcast.com. And we also have links in our show notes, and we'll post cool stuff to our Instagram account, which is opposable underscore podcast. We'd like to send you an opposable thumb sticker. Just share a podcast episode on social media, or rate us on iTunes, or some other cool thing to let people know about the podcast, and we will mail you a sticker. Just hit us up at our Instagram, which is opposable underscore po- podcast or at our email address, which is opposablepodcast at gmail.com. Also let us know what you do to back up, uh, your data and not do horrible things like I just did, uh, at our email address, which is opposablepodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to give a shout out to Wesley Ellis, Charlene McBride, Adam Mayer, Deb Chatra, Blondie Hacks, Nick Contar, Walter Katindu and David Bellhorn, they are our top Patreon supporters and if you'd like to join them in our league of Patreon supporter badasses, please go to patreoncom thumbs to sponsor us. Anything you can donate really helps keep us going. And just a quick like I really have to give a shout out to them. It's super awesome. We just got our Patreon uh thing in the in email saying like hey, you got some money in your account and it's really rad. Uh it covers our hosting fees, which is super awesome. And um it's just really cool that people, um, support other folks. Um, we also try to pay it forward and support other people, some other people as well. Um, where were we? our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter, or religion or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment and we want you to be a part of it. You can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. Oh, I do have a slight update that I have to give you on my syllabus, my JavaScript syllabus. Yeah. Yep. So I'm on week three. Uh, I am a half week behind. So I, I got to sort myself out, but I'm feeling still pretty good about how I'm doing. Um, but I also am realizing a couple of things. One is I am I, I needed to give myself more time for the first, like the stuff that's taking me the first few weeks should be taking longer. You know, like I feel mm-hmm. like I'm rushing sure. through it. Um and i think that's it i think that's it but uh it's going pretty good it's going pretty good i um i do think i should uh one of the things i i had in my thing was in my syllabus was that i should like share more a post more so like because in doing that you you both attract come like people's attention and people want to talk we'll talk about it with you and also just it's a good way to be like i did a thing it's like you can kind of celebrate what you did so i'm not doing that so well i just have like js files that i drag into my browser and then look at them so so i'm well, getting there don't be
1: too hard on yourself it's only week three now i know but
0: <laughs> it's oh it's it should be week four but i'm gonna save the
1: self-recrimination for week seven
0: yeah 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 i got some yeah i have some serious holiday and work things coming up that i have to, to contend with but yeah i'm feeling pretty good
1: cool yeah, I think the, the only thing I've got to report that I thought was really cool I discovered this week was this one particular instructable called Making Dementia Puzzles for My Dad. Wow. And um, it's this fellow who who um, is probably in his 60s or something. He talks about, so he's making it for his dad who's a World War II vet. So that guy must be at a pretty advanced age. Uh, yeah. The dad. And so the woodworker um goes through all making these kind of like optical illusion puzzles and things like that cuz his dad um you know despite cognitive difficulties is uh-huh. still attached to the material and and so on but um but also it's this whole really amazing um he talks about the history of his dad and growing up in a military family like the first part of the instructable says I wish I could say that my dad was always there for me when I was a kid. But in fact, he wasn't. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And then like, yeah, it's super interesting. And like he um, talks about how his different sisters are um, uh, visiting or not visiting enough or how one of the sisters goes to visit the dead and takes down all the pictures that they'd put up. And he thought that that was really heartless. And it's like all (laughs) woven in in the context of making these woodworking puzzles. So it's, it's quite a read. Wow. Not the kind of thing you tend to find on Instructables, but we can, uh, uh, right, we can post right. that in the show notes.
0: Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. And
1: the comment, the comments, it's just like every single person is totally, it's really speaking to them because they're all just writing and saying, you know, you sound oh. like such a great guy and uh-huh. I totally feel this and I'm right there with you. And yeah, so it makes you, you know, Instructables has gotten as these things all do a little corporate. And um, uh, I think I was also complaining about the other day. You know, anybody can put anything on there, so some of them are just total shit. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. But this one was was amazing for a couple of reasons.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's
1: cool. what was it? What was it called again? It's called Making Dementia Puzzles for okay. My Dad.
0: Nice. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. It's a great title.
1: Do we need to pick a
0: um uh a challenge for our next guest? We do indeed. Oh yay. And I have the spreadsheet up. Great. And I can I can I'm going to ask you for a number mm-hmm. between one and 12. Uh, three. Three. Aha. We have it. Our challenge is gridlock. Oh, cool. Given to us by Liz from Blitz City DIY. Hey, thanks, Liz. Yeah, Liz has been uh,
1: blowing it up. I've been, Her Instagram is great to totally. follow. Man. So great. She really, yeah. really keeps on top of that sort of professional, frequent, good looking um,
0: uh, good looking documentation and that kind of thing. Yeah. Let's well, City DIY. I mean, she has so many projects going on. It's amazing. Yep. Yep. Just always working through stuff. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. I will let Liz know, know that we have selected Gridlock, and hopefully, um, whatever we make will be exciting to her and to you, dear listener.
1: <laughs> and then, <laughs> and to-, to
0: our guest, who I'm just about to let know. Cool. Well, Taylor, yeah. We w- we will be back with our yeah, guests. We sure will whether you're like a maker, a baker, a chocolate or brewer. a
1: fiddle stick. Take her. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Nice one. We made it old timey.
0: Yeah.